you're seeing the integration of Gen AI. Uh, you know, everybody loves that term. It's everywhere now. We're starting to figure out, okay, how can we use it? How can we take it and, and apply it to these technologies to make them even better? Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. Before we dive into today's episode, I have a favor to ask. If you are a listener of Status Go, tell a friend about us. We would really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Today's topic is RPA, Robotic Process Automation. RPA has been around for quite some time now, yet many organizations may just be discovering its benefits. Today, we're going to dive into RPA, what it is and what it is not. But more importantly, why you should consider RPA for your organizations. Our guests today are the founders of Five Rivers, a firm focused on RPA implementation and support. Mike Gill is a former CIO and co-founder with Jason Hines. Jason is a former systems engineer. In fact, he used to work for InterVision. He turned into an account executive several years ago, and now he's one of the, the founders of Five Rivers. So Mike, Jason, welcome to Status Go. Thank you, Jeff. We're really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate I, I, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I thought, you know, I thought you were being shy there for a, for a second there, Jason. Uh, uh, but before we dive into RPA, I'd love for you each to share a bit about your background, your career journey. So, Mike, why don't we start with you, man? Sure. Um, so I've been in IT for over 20 years and in manufacturing for uh, nearly 20, which is kind of crazy to say those those types of numbers. Um, <laughs> I started my career as an enterprise Java developer. So um, back in the day when having anything web-based was, was a big deal. So e-commerce, e-business were the buzzwords back then. I worked my way up, um, you know, calling it lead dev architect. And I'd like to say I was DevOps before there was DevOps. Uh, now they got the cool, these kids have the cool terms for their, for their titles. Uh, you know, I got a chance to work as a, you know, in that web development space, uh, you know, with a lot of different things. But one of the tools that I came across was automated regression testing. And that really oh, is a yeah. precursor to what we're talking about today here with RPA. And we'll, we'll touch upon uh, that a little bit later. Um, you know, the IT and just programming in general is kind of cool. So like, you know, you're talking about automated regression testing, starting being the precursor for RPA agile also started in the dev world too. So I think that if anybody wants to know what the next big thing in business is going to be, just go see what the developers are doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Says the developer, right? That's right. <laughs> so along the way, I did eventually become um, a, a CIO, a chief information officer for an international manufacturing company. Uh, the cool part of that job was I got to stay hands-on. We actually had a homegrown ERP system that was all also enterprise Java development. So I got to stay hands-on with that, got exposure to uh, both being in charge of the IT and the OT side, so operational technology as well. 
that's me in a nutshell, professionally, personally, uh, pretty big in the uh, STEM advocacy community and they've started an all girls STEM school. And mostly on the weekends, if I'm not playing around with tech, um, I'm being a big kid with my three kids and uh, cheering on my Toronto Maple Leafs. Jeff, you probably heard me commiserate uh, after every season of them losing, but uh, that's <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And a, and a big shout out to Poonam. She's doing awesome work and uh, appreciate her impact in the community as well, man. Jason, I gave a little bit of your story away. Um, yeah, what's, yeah. Uh, what's your story? Fill in the blanks. Um, and uh, what brings you uh, to this point in your career? Well, so first, I'd just like thank you for finally uh, letting me be on the podcast. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, <laughs> been trying to get on here for a while, so I'm finally here. It only took four and a half years. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, so I've been, uh, I've been in it for over 20 years as well. Uh, probably half of that I spent customer side. So, uh, you know, the t usual help desk, desktop support, uh, system administrator, you know, spending the, uh, uh, Thanksgiving evening in the data center, waiting on, uh, hard drives to come because the sand didn't care that it was, uh, Thanksgiving. And, uh, so, you know, somebody had to, uh, yeah. take care of those kinds of things. Right. So, uh, spent a lot of time in those trenches. Uh, you know, the second half of my career was, uh, on the vendor side though, uh, MSP. So, uh, implementations and those kinds of things, but it's all mostly been, uh, infrastructure up till now. Um, but I spent a large part of that second half on, uh, helping, um, folks with disaster recovery. So, um, you know, architecting solutions for, uh, for DR and, uh, data migrations, cloud migrations, those kinds of things. Um, so that's really where my background is. And like you said, I, uh, the last, uh, couple of years, three years, uh, I made that transition, uh, some would say to the, to the dark side and, uh, went full sales. Um, <laughs> You know, for me, it was just kind of that progression. Uh, I still, you know, I grew up on the tech side. I still love the tech side of things. Um, but as I, you know, moved into the pre-sales and I got closer to the customer side of it, I really enjoyed the relationships and uh, meeting new people and, and understanding, you know, what their problems were and how I could help them solve them. So uh, that's kind of what led me to where I am. And then so as far as like Five Rivers and how Mike and I, uh, came to, to be on this is, um, actually Mike was a customer of mine. Uh, and, uh, so we, uh, we kind of hit it off. Uh, so, you know, Mike, uh, he likes the, I think we hit it off because I was that technical guy that turned sales. So I could actually have a technical conversation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't have to call somebody else to answer questions. He actually had right. the answers. So that was, that was great. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we hit it off professionally and then personally. So, you know, we're uh, same age, uh, you know, kind of that similar path of, you know, coming up on things and, you know, what do we want to do next? And, you know, what uh, what are we thinking about for the, you know, I guess you could say that second half and things that are important. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the reason uh, I joined Five Rivers is because of that. Um, and what we'll probably talk about some today is that, you know, the why and, and why we brought this company together and why Mike and I decided to work yeah. together is, you know, that common vision and how we want to help people and how we can, you know, take that into the community and help others, uh, you know, bring them up, you know, when they're at a disadvantage. So that's kind of, that's my background and the reason I'm, I'm here. 
Awesome. Well, I'm I'm really excited to have you guys on the program today for for a couple of reasons. First of all, I don't think we've ever covered RPA in the four and a half years of, of status go. Uh, and uh, I know it's 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 been around for a while, as I said in the opening, but it seems to be growing in people's awareness uh, as a tool to to leverage. Uh, and then the, the other side, the other reason I'm excited is because I've known you both for uh, several years. Mike, probably going on 10 years or so. And, plus, yeah, yeah. And Jason, that may be, we may be closing in on that from uh, our time close. together at Blue Lock and Intervision. It's probably getting pretty close to that as well. So, uh, and I can't be more excited about what you guys are, are doing with Five Rivers. I think it's awesome. Uh, that you're taking this jump, and I think you're going to bring a lot of value to your to your clients. So let's let's start with the basics, okay? What is RPA? And I'll just throw that out, and either one of you can answer. And if you want to add to or detract from what somebody what the other one says, I'll just throw that out. What is this RPA, robotic process automation? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'll take, uh, take it first, um, uh, give you kind of a, an overview and then Mike can come in and give a little more of the deeper detail probably on it. But, uh, I guess, uh, the way to look at it, I like to explain to folks, especially folks that aren't familiar or maybe not aren't technical folks is think of it as, uh, your digital coworker or your digital assistant, right? So, uh, you're, you've got this work that you do every day, right? And at least some amount of that work is uh, manual, it's repetitive, it's that mundane stuff, it's transactional, right? It's those things that, uh, you know, you're doing invoicing or you're processing spreadsheets or you're moving data from this Excel spreadsheet into this ERP system, right? It's all stuff that needs to be done, but it's not, it's not exciting. Uh, it doesn't uh, necessarily make you feel like you're contributing to that, that larger, uh, larger thing within the business. Um, so this digital worker, that's what it's great at. That's exactly what it's, it's designed to do. So this digital worker, uh, you know, you think about invoicing, this digital worker is, is the one that's going to, uh, take that over and it will, it knows how to open those spreadsheets. It can pull data from those spreadsheets and then uh, input that into an ERP system. Uh, it can extract data from one system and put it into another. You think of invoicing. So, um, you know, example, we have a client from an invoicing perspective, they spend an hour to four hours uh, a day doing invoicing, right? Pull wow. up an invoice. It manually enter that into the ERP, attach the invoice, send it on to somebody, rinse and repeat. Um, yeah. You know, you don't get a lot of excitement, right? And there's a lot of room for error. This digital assistant, you can program it uh, to do that for you. And it takes, it will do that, that piece of the work for you. And now it frees up, you know, that time of your day so that you can focus on strategic things for your business, move the business forward, feel like you are contributing to uh, a larger goal in the business. Yeah, uh, Jason did a great job of explaining, you know, what RPA is. And I think RPA gets wrapped up in a whole host of other technologies under the larger umbrella of just general IT automation. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing just on RPA specifically that I did want to call out is 
in essence, you know, we used to have the systems that were monolithic. That used to be the goal. You know, we're going to have one right. SAP system that was going to do everything the business wanted. Yep, absolutely. You know, and what ended up happening was uh, it just wouldn't do it well. And really what people are have gravitated towards now is let's get the systems that are the best of breed for each function you need. Well, what that's given rise to is you have data in different systems and they may they may not be able to talk to each other. Yeah. Now, there's different ways to have IT systems talk to each other. Obviously, you know, there's integration platforms. So you can do API calls. So you can do custom API development, kind of build, build customizations into your platforms. Uh, then there's a rise of what I'll call, you know, integration platform as a service. So the MuleSofts and the Workados of the world are going to be able to do those types of things, but also provide it in a low code and almost like a middleware kind of uh, platform. So independent of building the customization into your SAP or your Salesforce, you can do it in an independent place that kind of talks to both sides. Now, those technologies for integration, because the, the, the real goal at the end of the day is to get the data to be talking to each other. You don't want to do duplicate data entry. You want to be able to leverage all the data you have across your entire enterprise. Now, doing it in those API based uh, in that fashion requires a skill set. It requires a knowledge of how to understand what the API is and how to program an API. And what RPA allows you to do is really take it from the front end. I call it, you know, the, the API is a back end integration. I like to think of RPA as a front end integration. Mm -hmm. So it mimics 100% of what a user can do on a computer. You can almost, there's tools that allow you to kind of record your steps. So even if you don't want to, uh, you know, program the, the actual steps that somebody does using traditional coding methods, there's tools that are recorders and they watch what actions somebody performs on a computer. So what, where RPA kind of stops is RPA is just mimicking what a user can do on, on the front end, but the tools around it. So you can, you can get an open source RPA tool. And we actually work with uh, one of the, one of the vendors, RoboCorp for, for an open source uh, RPA solution, but it's doing what it's doing all the things we just talked about. What it doesn't do is allow you to have that low code kind of piece to it. It's not there. Mm -hmm. So these other platforms like automation anywhere that we're also working with, what comes in their suite of products is they take that core of what's RPA, which mimics the user's action. And now it's building around these other tools like low code platforms, where you can kind of drag and drop and do the recorders. So that's adding on to it. So it's technically low code is not RPA, but they're, they're pretty tightly coupled in yeah, terms of producing yeah. value. So the great thing, I think this is where the true value of RPA comes in. So when you pair that front end integration with the low code platform, now you don't need to have the traditional coder doing the integration. Now you can have the tech savvy business user who understands the process inside out who can at least think logically, they can create that integration. You're not dependent on centralized IT to do some heavy lifting with, you know, maybe Python or Java or C++ code. Now this business user can kind of create that automation. Um, so that, that's, I think that's the real value of RPA. One last thing I just wanted to add into there is you'll hear Gartner will talk about uh, a term that they're throwing out, which is called hyper automation. And so where they're going and they're talking about where the industry is going is it's really a business mindset. So now the businesses are thinking about we're going to take a business focus on automating these repetitive manual tasks 
and whatever technology it takes to do it, we will use. And that kind of falls under that kind of corporate uh, mandate or that corporate initiative to, to automate. Mm -hmm. And so RPA falls under that. The integration platform as a service falls under that. Intelligent document processing kind of falls under that. So it's use whatever tools in your toolbox to automate kind of falls into that hyper automation. So we've, we've talked about what RPA is. Um, what isn't it? Um, because, you know, is it, is it just workflow? Um, is it AI? So what isn't RPA? Yeah, yeah, so, so it's... Go ahead. You want, Jason, oh, you want to ahead. take it first? <laughs> go for it. No, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, no, go for it, Mike. <laughs> I, I would say just kind of, we were just touching upon some of that just uh, before you asked mm -hmm. that question. It's not code. That's the first thing I will say. It's it's not a, a heavy code process. The reason I, I bring that up is where I've seen RPA succeed and fail, one of those determining factors is who's the champion of this project or who's the champion of this initiative. And I have seen that when it falls under only IT, they treat it like it's the traditional software development lifecycle. It's not traditional coding. It is a different, uh -huh. you have to have a different mentality to be successful at it. The other things you were touching upon, I will call them cousins to RPA. RPA is strictly what Jason described earlier. It's just that mimicking of users' actions through a computer user interface. That's all RPA is. Does it play well with, you know, some of the AI tools out there like sediment analysis and, you know, document, intelligent document processing? So the, the solution that, uh, that Jason was talking about earlier with the invoicing, yeah, that's RPA paired up with intelligent document processing. So you use machine learning models to take this invoice and be able to read what's on the invoice because every vendor that's sending you an invoice has their own format. I wish there was a universally accepted format for invoice, but that's not yeah. the case. <laughs> so it will leverage machine learning. It will leverage those types of tools. And the great thing is, is the because under this kind of hyper automation initiative, you're going to pair up. Uh, you don't have to do RPA at the expense of doing API. You can mix and match them together. So that's the other thing. The solution might be under a platform like Automation Anywhere. So that might be the driver. But those platforms internally will have intelligent document processing. They'll have API capabilities. But if you have a MuleSoft already, it'll play well with your MuleSoft. Uh, yeah. If you yeah. have AWS TextTract to do kind of IDP, it will play with that. So it's really, the blinds are really getting blurred, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and you'll see these vendors are changing their marketing to reflect that. They don't want to be called an RPA vendor anymore. They, right, right, right. Terms like right. success platform success. Is, is the new hotness. <laughs> Uh, Jason, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, the other the other thing you'll see, too, and I think Mike touched on it a little bit, uh, you know, in that term success platform, I think you'll you'll hear more. But uh, you're seeing the uh, the integration of Gen AI. Uh, you know, everybody loves that term. It's everywhere now. Um, Gen yeah, AI yeah. is getting, uh, you know, wholly infused in these platforms. Uh, you know, for instance, like Automation Anywhere is is all in on that. And what's what's cool about that is uh, it doesn't mean that RPA is going away. 
Uh, RPA is still doing the heavy lifting in the background, but what's cool about it is, is you know, we talk about the the business uh, users and we talk about the the folks that are the SMEs about the processes that they do every day. What the Gen AI does when you integrate it into the platform, it's it's embedded into your systems like SAP or ServiceNow or Workday, and so now that person that's the expert. Uh, they can lean on this uh, Gen AI tool, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever the particular integration is. But now they can say, hey, I want to create a bot to automate this process that I just realized I'm doing every day uh, repeatedly. Yeah. Right. And you've got a form and it's docked in there and you can you can tell it what you want to do. And it's the precursor. So now the people that really know how this process works, the people that live it and breathe it have have that accessibility right it's bringing the technology to the people that that really can power uh you know its use uh and then it feeds that feeds into the background where it can build then the rpa builds those bots the rpa runs those automations but then it can tie in like mike was saying earlier that's you know that's the front end but then you've got your pro coders on the back end that can then enhance it and grow it from there. Right. So I think to me, that's yeah, the other cool yeah. part that we're really seeing is, is we're now, now that Gen AI has been around for a little while, we're starting to figure out, okay, how can we use it? How can we take it and, mm -hmm. and apply it to these technologies to make them even better? Yeah. I, I would just add one thing that's non-technical. Um, I think there's a lot of marketing and a lot of, um, you know, initial discussions around RPA as a way to, you know, kind of, replace hours like a, what people do mm -hmm. but i firmly believe that rpa is not a replacement to workers yeah. that i i it, that's a you know from our customers that we're working with they're looking at is that they want to get more value out of their employees they're not looking at replacing headcount so i think that's also just something i wanted to call out as a, what is rpa not i think if you're doing it right it's also not a replacement for your workforce well, and that's a that's a great point, Mike, and a great segue to the to the why. Why are companies doing this? Why RPA? Why now? Um, what are you seeing out there when you talk to your clients and prospects? What what things are they benefiting from from using RPA? So, I think from my perspective, uh, I see it as employee retention uh, and creating value for your employees. Um, you know, for instance, customers we're working with, uh, you know, they've uh, one customer we're working with today, uh, they've got one person dedicated to this particular process that they have. Um, and, and there's uh, a big turnaround. So it's, uh, it's admissions. They have over 10,000 applications a year uh, that they're working with. Oh, wow. And one person is responsible for processing these. Uh, and so, you know, it's not about replacing that person. They don't want to replace that person with this automation. Uh, what they're trying to do is how can we help them do their job better? How can we help them take, how can we slice up this processing and automate as much as we, of it we can? And then her focus can then turn to taking care of the one-offs, taking care of the things that don't necessarily fit in the model, if mm -hmm. you will. Uh, and then that allows her to then have some breathing room that allows her to step back and be strategic about, you know, what she's responsible for uh, and helping get yeah. these applications turned around quicker. 
Yeah, I, Jeff, I think I'm going to go back to just even a more general question. Why did I start Five Rivers Automation? And that kind of, I think, answers this question as well of why would you do RPA? Um, you know, Five Rivers Automation really started from just deep reflection during the pandemic. I think all of us had time for some deep reflection during the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, we didn't um, have the commute. We had to fill the time somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it started with the basic stuff, you know, about your health, your this, and, you know, like those types of things. But I really got into the question of like, you know, just the, why do you work? And in manufacturing, they have a, a, a you know, a process called five whys. Like you keep asking mm -hmm. over and over to get to the deeper meaning. So I kind of really did that to myself. Why do I work? Why does anybody yeah. work? You know, and, and you, how do we work? Because we were all challenged with, you know, working in a different way. It just, it just mm -hmm. challenged a lot of these assumptions that we held as constants. Like you have to be in the office to be productive. Uh, you have to work 40 hours a week to be productive and a full-time employee. You know, mm -hmm. just like there's all these things that we have just assumed are constants. And when a pandemic happens, you just kind of really uh, challenge those, those, those assumptions. You know, that paired with, um, you know, when I was a CIO, one of my direct reports, one of my senior guys, he was also one of my best friends, uh, Conrad Sims. And towards the end of the pandemic, he actually was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer. And, and just in a few short months, uh, you know, I went from having my friend who was like, you know, full of life and just a vibrant person and, and uh, to losing him. And, you know, when you uh, are with somebody in their final days and they'll say something that sounds simple, but when it's coming from them, it's just like live every day to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and I think that along with, you know, when, when your when your wife tells you that you're going through a career midlife crisis, just don't, <laughs> don't question it. You know, people who are close to you and love you, they see things and they know things about you. So all those things above really got me questioning, like, how can I really make a difference? What can I mm -hmm. do? And I'm a technologist at the end of the day. I love technology. I've been doing automated regression testing. I've done RPA for over 20 years. I've been doing it since yeah, the beginning. Yeah. And I looked at it and I said, you know, what really resonated with me was as developers, we automated testing because we wanted to have time to do the valuable stuff, like actually right, coding and right. looking at the next enhancement. And when I saw RPA was applying that same principle to the workplace, it, it just... It, it just resonated with me. It was just something that inside, I just felt like that is what I need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. And I look at this and uh, I've, uh, you know, paired with, you can look at Gallup uh, that does research on kind of just the global workforce, you know, and they, they have a, an annual state of the global workplace. Uh, and in 2023, they, they quoted that $8.8 trillion are lost to the global economy because of low engagement, low employee yeah, engagement. Yeah, yeah. And why, and then so you start asking again, you go back to those five whys, why is there low engagement? It's because we're, as we collect more data and we have more of these processes, we're trying to make humans be robots. Right. Very robotic in their jobs, mm -hmm. process all this data, do all these things, give me these reports, do this, you know, where, and it, it's always on. And so we used to talk about work-life balance on the one hand, which I think is still an important conversation to have, but really what happened was technology and just expectations of work, we're always on. It's a 24 seven job. Uh -huh. And I think the mentality of corporations and senior management 
have to has to change too. Now we should be talking about work life integration. Yeah. How do you how do you kind of balance that? You're asking people to check emails in the evening on the weekend or be available if an emergency happens. But why aren't you okay with them taking a kid to a doctor's appointment without having to take time off? Right, right. And you have people that are doing uh, quote unquote important jobs. They have to wake up at 8 a.m. to run some report or whatever it is because somebody else needs that data. And it's like, we can have a digital workforce do these things that people think are time sensitive and time critical, or there's just a large amount of it. Let's let them do that and let people focus on the value add and the thinking and the creativity and the innovation. That's what we want people thinking about. And, and the other thing is just like, you know, you have athletes, you know, your brain is a muscle too. Yeah. And if, and we, you know, you look at in basketball, they have this whole thing coming up about like load balancing. Have you seen these players? We'll take some days off so they can be fresh for the playoffs. Right. Right. So, you know, right. it's getting to be a normal thing. And I don't know why we don't workplaces should look at that too and say that if we're making people actually use their brain and they're using that muscle, let them, you know, let them work a little bit less hours if they're doing more valuable work. And, yeah, you know, yeah. there, maybe there's a whole nother podcast, Jeff, on the four day work week, but <laughs> I, I am a big, I am a big proponent of the four day work week, that global movement that, that is making a lot of attention. And I think there's, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be done the same way. I think people will look at that and say, oh, every Friday off. No, that's not what it's about. But if you really dig into what they're saying there is people are being asked to do always on super valuable work that requires a lot of brain power and you've got to let them have the time to recharge to make, got, to get the fullest be out of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's, you know, yeah. you asked the why, that's kind of what, it was the story of why I wanted to do yeah. yeah. automation. I, I and, think it's interesting uh, Mike and, and Jason, that what I didn't hear in that was, oh, to save you money, <laughs> right? Right? Because that's that's kind of the de default uh, why for uh, a lot of technology. Oh, put this in, and the ROI it'll it'll have a payback in uh, six months or ten months or or whatever it is. What what I hear you saying instead is it's it may save money. But it's mm -hmm. not that's not the driver. The driver is to free your staff up to do more valuable work. Yes. I you know right. the accountants right. are always gonna want that ROI calculation. You know, obviously. Oh, I know. I know I, I, I know and love many accountants, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I hear the same thing. So, Jeff, you know when we go to these networking events and a lot of times, you know, even the IT problems when we're in these leadership conferences, it all comes back to people. It yeah. never ends up being the technology is the problem. Right. And, you know, the other thing with people that you keep hearing about is I can't find good people. So if you have good people, you should do yes. everything you can to keep them engaged and keep them in your employment, like keep them as part of your team. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Well, guys, we are we are out of time. I knew this would fly by once we dug into this. Uh, and, and talk about this. We may have to have a part two uh, later to di dive into even more detail. But I know you both have listened to a lot of Status Go episodes, so you're not going to be surprised with this last question, which is, <laughs> what are one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to us today? So, Jason, I'm going to put you on the spot, my friend, and ask you, what are one or two things our listeners should go do? 
Yeah. Um, so I think a couple of things to do. Um, the first is visit our website. Um, so fiverivers.io. Uh, you go out there. Um, there's a form uh, out there that you can fill out uh, and reach out to us and just have a conversation. We can, you know, dig in with you uh, directly and talk to you a little, you know, folks about this a little more and see how RPA uh, and kind of this idea of making work more valuable for folks might fit you and your company. Uh, and the second one, uh, so we started, uh, we started back in May, uh, a few months ago, we started a uh, meetup, Indie RPA meetup. Oh, um, yeah. and, and so the whole idea there was, so Mike and I noticed that there wasn't a group like that uh, around the area uh, at the time mm-hmm. uh, focused on RPA. And so we're like, you know what, I think we think we need to have that. And so uh, we've had, uh, we typically do one in-person uh, meetup uh, once a quarter here in Indy, and then we do virtual uh, uh, meetups in between. So that's another good thing. Uh, go out, check out the meetup, uh, join it. Uh, we have folks uh, across the spectrum. So we've got folks that uh, don't do RPA today and uh, are curious about what it is. Uh, and how to get started all the way through folks that have been doing RPA for almost 10 years uh, and are really far down the line. So um, it's a really engaging group, uh, a lot of good topics. So I think that's uh, also a great place for people to start as well. Well, and I love that uh, you do it virtually uh, as well so that our listeners who are not in Indianapolis uh, can join in the fun. So uh, absolutely uh, be on the lookout for, for those announcements. Uh, so, Mike, I'm going to turn to you now. What are one or two things our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? Well, one, I'll double click on what Jason said. So do those two things first. Um, <laughs> the other the other I would say is, um, you know, go follow Gallup on LinkedIn, their website. You know, I I went through part of that self-reflection during the pandemic. I actually took their strengths finder. Uh, uh, assessment. And I found that very valuable. And then they also have a lot of good research just on engagement in the workplace. So even before you get to the point of getting to the technology and, and, and doing an RPA or some kind of IT automation project, uh, you know, just understanding what kind of cultural change do you want to make in your workplace? And I think that's a great source to learn yeah. just about employee engagement. I, I love that. We're, uh, we're actually going to have an episode coming up in a few weeks on strength finders uh, and uh, what that can mean for you in your uh, career journey and for your team. So a great lead into Mike to, to that, Mike. It's like you kind of knew and read my mind, dude. We, we've been we've known each other for long enough. So. Yeah, we have, we have, we have. Well, this has been great, guys. Thank you so much for carving out time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I know our listeners do and. I really do want to have you back, maybe dive a, a little bit deeper uh, into RPA uh, and talk about that maybe in a few months. So if you're up for that, we'd love to have you guys back. Always for you, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Anytime. Awesome. Well, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. Uh, the show notes there will provide links and contact information will provide links to uh, Five Rivers. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, and probably a link to Gallup as well, since Mike mentioned that. This is Jeff Tun for Mike Gill and Jason Hines. Thank you very much for listening. 
You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.